Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. And today, we are finally going to talk about The Golden Bachelor. Finally! You guys, I know we've been like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But um, Jess and I kind of had like a sit down and talked about, you know, what we wanted to change to make the podcast a little bit more of like something that just brings us a little bit more happiness just because we are mostly doing this as a hobby. And so we decided that we just needed the bachelor portion for this, um, these past episodes to be a little bit more casual and passive and like take it a little less seriously. And honestly, I feel like that's made my watching experience more enjoyable. Um, so on the one hand, I want to apologize that we've kind of just been like, We haven't forgotten about Golden Bachelor. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Well, in a way, I feel like we saved the best for last. That's true. my (laughs) God, did that season absolutely deliver. And so this episode, we're going to kind of talk about Golden Bachelor as a whole. And then we are going to end with Paradise Finale. Yeah. So this is going to be one hell of an episode. Yeah. So uh, get your candy. Oh, speaking of candy. Yeah. (laughs) We have a review. Um, this week, we are reviewing Airhead Extremes. I guess I don't really understand what makes them extreme, except that maybe there's the... Extreme sugar. Extreme sugar. There you go. Yeah, because they're not... They're, they look like they would be sour, kind of covered in citric acid, but they're not sour. They're not sour. At all. Um, and actually, the only reason I even thought to buy these was because I wanted to do my gingerbread house roof with them. And then it turns out they're... They're pretty good. I will admit that normal airheads are probably in my top 10 favorite candies. I almost said top five, but then I took a step back. (laughs) Um, So being an airhead lover, I was excited to try these. I will say my, I think that the candy is good. Super easy to eat. I love, I'm a huge like Sour Belt fan. For me, they're not quite sour enough. And my only disappointment is they don't really taste like airheads at all. No, not at all. I don't understand the airhead thing in the slightest. But if they weren't airhead, I'd be like, wow, this is a great Sour Belt candy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like it just because, like I was telling you off camera or off, off air, uh, I can pull the whole band out, tilt my head back, and then just slowly lower the whole thing into my mouth. And it like folds up nicely and I get this big chewy sugary thing that I get to enjoy for a second yeah or like roll it into a little ball and then just chew on it yum yeah so there's some, you can manipulate it and, and you know you get to choose your own adventure on how it goes into your mouth that reminds me of fruit by the foot oh yeah they used to like tie around my head like a ninja headband <laughs> <laughs> okay these aren't as long but i'm just saying you know it has like the same play with your food totally qualities you know it's always too bad and I guess I did do this with fruit by the foot, but like, do you remember that bubble gum that was like six feet long? Yes. And you could just open it and take a bite out of the whole roll? Yes. <laughs> I definitely did that. <laughs> do. I want to do that with fruit by the foot, but first you have to like take it all off the wrapper and then you have to re-roll it because it's too sticky. Like oh, otherwise sure. it would stick on itself. Um, was that bubble gum tape or like, I don't even remember the name of it. Oh my gosh. Fruit no, not fruit by the foot. That's what we were just talking about. I don't know. I don't remember what that was called. Wow. Nostalgic. You just took me 
Back to the past. I can like, do you remember how that gum had like a powdery layer on it? Yeah, that's how it was not sticking onto itself as it's rolled up into six feet long. I can taste that in my mouth right now. It is a very specific gum flavor, to be sure. Yeah. Um, Damn, that's probably going to bug me that I cannot um, remember what that's called. I still appreciate you bringing it it up. (laughs) Yeah, but also just so that we don't mislead anybody, these airhead... uh, um, ropes strips are not that long they're like six inches yeah (laughs) no one get excited all right uh golden bachelor whoa uh i know i keep saying it but initial thoughts i really love it i love the idea of it i enjoyed the contestants i think that we better get a golden bachelorette we have to they'd be stupid not to and they have to take it out of this pool of women. Like, I want to – I'm already so invested in all of them. It has to be one of them. Ugh, yeah. I'm not always a believer in production's ability to make the right decision. Yeah. But fingers crossed. I just feel like – I mean, as much as there are certain ladies that I'd be more excited about, I think that it would – be pretty great with any of them, to be honest. I feel the same way. Like, I've got some people that I'm really pulling for. Like, I particularly feel like uh, Leslie definitely is a strong contender for this. But, you know, uh, Ellen. Ellen. I'm rooting for Ellen. Uh, I just have to say, when I was watching the Women Tell All, which is not something that I normally watch, the Men Tell All, Women Tell All is sometimes the least exciting episode yeah. of the whole season. Hard to get through. Um. This season, I for Golden Bachelor, I was actually excited to watch it, and I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, I think there are a lot of elements that really choked me up, but nothing more than listening to Ellen talk about, uh, was it Henrietta? No. Roberta. Roberta. Like that, I was sobbing and trying to roll out cookie dough and, like, hold my head back so that tears don't go all over everything. Like, what a friendship. 60 years. I was doing intervals on the trainer and I had to push pause because I couldn't breathe because I was crying so hard. It, cardio and crying is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting to be that. And Jesse, Jesse, his voice cracked. I know. Jesse was crying too. Dude, that really, that got me. That was a sucker oh. punch in the feels. I was not prepared for how emotional I was going to be over that. And I think that is one of the like amazing things about The Golden Bachelor is that there's so many life experiences. There's so many things to build on that you can't help but feel for these people. And it's been such a treat to be able to bear witness and also like feel inspired. Like they're not invisible. They're knocking boots. They're feeling good. They're having fun. They have so, so much, much energy. Life. Yeah. It's like I needed that. Something else I thought was refreshing at the Women Tell All was it was very obvious to me that all of the women genuinely really respected and cared for each other. And it brought a very different feel to the episode. Whereas normally with the women or men tell all, you kind of go in knowing like, okay, these people hate each other. These people still have beef. This drama is going to come up. So and like, much beef. A little bit of drama came up when Jesse asked about, um, what was it? Kathy. Asked Kathy about like, you know, the Teresa Zippet stuff. But honestly, I feel like she took accountability. She says it's over. She wants, you know, the best for Teresa. Like, 
everything was just handled with so much more grace, maturity, love. Like, I don't know. I just found the whole thing such a positive experience, whereas normally the tell-all is just kind of a slog to get through. Right. And we've seen both the, 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 the men and the women behave kind of deplorably on those episodes yes. in the past. And so, yeah, it was so refreshing and it felt like I got good information. The bloopers were really fun. Oh, yeah. Sandra farting. Oh, and then talking about the gas, gas issues. Yeah, please. My God, let's talk about GI problems more. <laughs> Come on. Um, so good. I'm sorry, Susan. I do think it was probably more likely to be the, the meatballs. meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny. And you can tell that there's a lot of love between them and that like even though they're kind of going back and forth on what caused it, it's all in such good fun. And I think that that comes, that can only happen when you've got a group of people who are really, really confident and secure about who they are. And I think that yes. that was so fun to watch. Every woman on this show was just like good with who she was. Yeah. More or less. Like there might have been, I guess we could talk about the Leslie of it, but even then, like they have enough sense of self to not ever need to tear anybody else down to, I don't know. Yeah, it just ah, it was it was a lot of fun. So I would like to kind of take it back to hometowns because I think we have to kind of gear into like the faith conversation. Yeah. Um. Okay. So hometowns was Faith, Leslie, and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Gary met um their children. Sometimes there was a sibling there as well, and then grandchildren. And I will just say collectively, like. Well, okay, sorry. Backpedal. First, Gary starts the episode by saying he only wants to say I love you one more time, to, I mean, to one more person in his life. You know, he's like, that's a really big deal. That's not something I take lightly. Like, the next person I say it to, I only I want that person to be who I spend the rest of my life with. So you're like, okay, yeah. And then what does he do? Tells all three. Well, no, he only tells two Doesn't women. Doesn't tell Teresa. <laughs> I cannot get over that. Yeah, it tells two women he loves them. So he tells Leslie and Faith. And he tells Faith in front of Faith's family. Yeah, and then they're kissing. And that was absolutely just, I mean, out of pocket. Like, Gary, what was that? It was so, it seemed so genuine, so authentic, so in the moment. Like, the way he looked at Faith. I was just like, Faith's the one. Well, and she got the uh, the first impression rose. Yeah. He's always had a thing for her. Yeah. I wonder what changed. I don't know if it was because she was like, I don't see myself leaving here. Um, you know, my horses are buried here. It was in a, a particularly rural area, too, from what I gathered. So, like, yeah. it definitely would be a Big, An adjustment. Yeah. It would be hard to move even from a less populated area to that little of a populated area. Um, but man, I just felt like there were firecrackers going off between Gary and Faith. Yeah. Like the way he looked at her was to me so different than he the way he looked at any other woman on the show. Yeah. So then at the row ceremony, sorry, is there anything else we want to mention on hometowns? Um, Not particularly. I... I thought it was refreshing to get kind of a different perspective on hometowns rather yes. than like stupid overbearing fathers. We got, yeah, siblings, grandkids, children. Very different dynamic. 
It was a lot nicer. I loved Teresa's grandsons making fun of her selfie faces. Yes, the <laughs> duck face. So cute. Oh my god. Also, Gary handled everybody so well. Like yeah. it's also it was it was so much less cringy to watch a legitimately adult man go through that than a 20-something-year-old who has no idea. Um, I was legitimately surprised he told more than one person that he was in love with them. I still, and we can talk about this further along, like, I still don't know what the fuck happened there. That's wild to me. Like, Gary. Yeah. Gary. And then to tell that to both Faith and Leslie and then wind up with Teresa. Yeah, so... I definitely thought Teresa was going home at that rose ceremony. Oh, me too. Because she said, I love you. And he didn't say it back. Nothing. Crickets. He's probably said thank you or something. Hunter. <laughs> I will say, I'm going to give Gary some credit. There has been so many moments where a woman has shared something with him. Um, and maybe Gary doesn't know what to say. But Gary has this way of making a woman feel so heard and so seen and like, pulling them in and physically supporting them or making, I don't know. I can just, I, I, I'm saying this in contrast from like the younger bachelors and bachelorettes where men just like awkwardly are like wide eyed, like shit. I don't know how to respond to you. Like sharing all of these emotions with me. Like I'm going to give Gary credit for really like knowing how to make a woman feel like heard and seen and supported. <laughs> yeah. There's a warmth there. That I think he he really exudes and all the women felt that. And unfortunately, I think that ends up being why some of them are so heartbroken because of that level of love and security they felt with him. Yeah, it's always a gamble, right? Like, is and I don't, it's hard, right? Because like, I don't want to say that that's not authentically who Gary is, but we've all met those people that just will make you feel like you're the most special person in the world, but then they're very good at making everybody feel that way. And so a friend to all is a friend to none kind of thing. But like at the same time, Gary did seem to genuinely feel a lot of things for these women, but who knows? Because man, you guys, like if you watched, you know, strap in. This is like the least of the weirdness. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. We're still click, 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 clicking up the roller coaster we're about to go down on. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I don't have anything else. Um, well, so then at, at the Women Tell All, we see the Faith and Gary conversation. Ooh. And, wow, they I felt like their hug lasted for, like, five minutes, and they were both already crying. And I was like… Well, fuck. Did Gary make the wrong choice? <laughs> yeah, like, like what? do you regret this? <laughs> I know. And I still can't quite tell. Like, there must have been some sort of larger deal breaker that he just, like, an impasse that he wasn't going to be able to work through because, yeah, he still seemed so into her. I think that, like, the saddest, and I think this is also true for Leslie, is that you have these women like Faith and Leslie that seems like they have been through the ringer with dating and that they don't end up with the right men and that they've been hurt and that their trust has been broken and that they have like little faith in relationships at mm -hmm. this point in their life. Mm -hmm. And so to me, one of the most devastating parts of this is watching their walls crumble and them embrace Gary and find hope in him and safety and all of these things that they've wanted for who knows how long. And then their kids see it and their siblings see it. And 
I know that that's still in the long run probably going to help them find someone else, but that has to be like, you know, think about heartbreak in your 20s and then think about heartbreak after everything you've experienced in life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm i glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this a lot and like what it – I want to be careful with my words because I don't want to imply that because you've experienced hard things, you're a broken person. But I think that there, we can see that like Faith and Leslie have been through a lot. These are not people who come into a relationship without baggage. You know, there's complications there and it's tricky. And I feel like also as somebody with a lot of baggage and can be kind of messy and complicated, like my heart goes out to them because I think sometimes people are a little quicker to write you off maybe than they should be just because like you're not an easy person. And part of me has to wonder too if like there wasn't an element of that where Gary made calculated choices because you've got Teresa who lost her husband. You know, he died and she hasn't really dated anybody since. And she had this lovely marriage. They'd known each other since they were 18. Like she sort of comes with this like in a way traditional easier to swallow incorporate background whereas Leslie and Faith don't have that cleanness and all of that and you know and it's totally acceptable for Gary to choose the path that he chose I'm not saying that he did anything wrong but I just my heart goes out to women who I think maybe have pieced themselves back together and don't come quite as uh clean and refined as maybe somebody like Teresa would and now have to piece themselves their themselves back together again. Yeah, it's it's tough too, especially when we live in a society that values heteronormative marriage, that you do better when you've got a partner. Things are too expensive to do kind of on your own successfully. Like everything is geared toward you being with another person. And so, ugh, yeah, I that is really that's heartbreaking. Ugh, I just felt like his conversation with Faith was, I mean, he, you could tell that there was still a lot of mutual love and respect there, but usually that conversation with the second runner-up is not that emotional in the tell-all. I know. And she was like, oh, I'm trying not to touch you. And it's like, no, that, oh. Because oh. you know you've got that comfort, that proximity to another person when it is you just gravitate towards that level of closeness and that for her to still feel that well yeah. and then like faith and leslie processing him being like i meant everything i said in the moment you know things just change like while validating that also doesn't make anything easier to recover from no, and it's still, and I mean, I, I understand we're not owed explanations, but like it still doesn't entirely make sense to me, like, what changed? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, Faith somehow doesn't make it, and we are surprisingly in the finale with Teresa and Leslie. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Give me your thoughts. Go. <laughs> okay, so immediately on Leslie's date, there's so much chemistry, so much conversation, like he's telling her the right things. And then they go to dinner. Can we just pause and talk about Leslie's sexy gray separates on the dinner date? The yes. like one shoulder ruching with the pants. Wow. She, she looked. She's got style. Yeah. Yeah. She's 
she looked phenomenal. So good. Um, I did think this was a weird conversation, and I'd like to bring it up, oh. where he's like, you're not asking me any yeah. of the hard questions. And she's like, okay, when was the last time you had sex? And he's like, well, with someone else or myself, which I felt like was like, duh. And then he didn't even answer. He's All he said was, it's, it's been, been a, a long while. time. Yeah. And like, I have a couple thoughts on this. Part of me with Leslie is like a little heartbroken because, and this is projection, full projection. I have no idea, my opinion. But it feels like when Gary said that to her, similarly, she was the one who did the sexy dance too. Yes. At the talent show. And there's part of me that feels like Leslie truly just wanted somebody that she could feel safe with. Like that bar, unfortunately for her, is so low. And not that Gary isn't a good guy, but I think that there was a lot that she was willing to change and contend with just to have a reliable partner. Somebody that she didn't have to question. And so I think- Till death do you part. part. Yeah. And I feel like when she asked that, it was like a knee-jerk reaction of like, well, men like sex. Um, trying to portray that she's still the cool girl. She's the person that's like, I'm going to be down for whatever. Like, this is all good. And it broke my heart for her because Gary's not wrong in like questioning why she's not asking harder questions. Because like meshing two lives is difficult no matter what age you're at. Um, and then, yeah, for her to sort of play off a very serious prompt with a more jokey question like that, it was just like, ugh, uh, I don't know, that wasn't the move. Yeah, and then you wonder, like, how much of her own, like, self-worth is maybe, unfortunately, like, wrapped up in that, right? Um, for sure. Or, like, that's how she feels like she adds value to relationships in a way or something. And not... I'm not minimizing everything else she might feel or um, know about herself, but I think that's a really good, that's a really interesting point that you brought that up. It just was, it was just really awkward and uncomfortable to watch and I didn't know how else to process that. Like it was just really such a surprise because I think that there were so many questions she could have asked and that one felt like a really strange choice. But isn't that also something you could talk to about one-on-one -on -one, like in the fantasy suites later when you're in a more intimate setting and maybe you're joking about that kind of thing? Yeah. I, you know, yeah, yeah, 100%. So. And then they did end up talking about like what meshing their lives together would look like. And she, she brought up the fact that like all she wants is a, you know, till death do you part and that she wants the security in that. And she's, that's never been a reality for her. And so. I do feel like she does kind of take it to a little bit more of a vulnerable place. And I feel like we get to the fantasy suites and he is just telling her, like, I want to go to bed and with you. Like, I want to wake up and have coffee with you. Like, I want you to be my day to day. Like, he I, he literally says, like, you're it. Well, you're the he, one. He told her he keeps saying that stupid line over and over of like, don't choose the person you can live with. Choose the person you, you can't, can't live, live without. without. And he's like, and that's you. So if you're, if I'm Leslie, I'm like, it's me. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. It's it me. was Leslie. Like there was no doubt. He's told me he loves me. He tells me I'm the one he can't live without. He tells me I'm the one. Like if I'm Leslie, it's me. 
And then they just, there was something about the chemistry the next morning when they woke up where the chemistry was different. The body language was different. Um, when they go to leave, she goes in to kiss him and he goes to hug her, but then like realizes she's kissing him and like turns. It was just notably different. Yeah, it was not Clayton walking away screaming, I love you for sure. And it feels so good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, that was, it did very much remind me of the the Zach and Rachel night of like, what went down? Yes. And then I feel like the Teresa date is like the opposite where he goes into the date with Teresa feeling really in his head about like the Leslie stuff and not being as present with her. I have to commend Teresa here. Like I would have thrown a fucking coconut at the back of that guy's head. They probably weren't even coconuts, a rock. I don't know. Like he is being so quiet, so so reserved. And she's like, maybe he's just focused on the horse. (laughs) She's giving him I'm like, so many outs. Teresa, I'm going to push you off the horse. Like, no, clearly he is distracted. And yeah, so like you're also watching this and it's like, I don't know what that ending was with Leslie, but like he's clearly still in his head about it and not present with Teresa at all. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, side note, when they were riding horses, a part of me was like, well, good thing Faith taught him how to ride a horse. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Oh. Okay, sorry. No, that's then, totally fair. Then they go to dinner, and I will say, I haven't been like a huge Teresa fan. I don't dislike her. I'm just definitely cheering for other women over Teresa. But then she opens up about her career and everything she's done to get there, and I was so impressed. Yeah, that really took me by surprise because where I recall leaving Teresa is her and Kathy have that explosion and Kathy's like, stop telling me all the things. They're fucking standing there at the rose ceremony and Teresa turns to Kathy and goes, he came to my room. (laughs) And Kathy's like, what did I say? Don't tell me things like that. And like, so you're just like, Teresa's kind of dumb. She has no self-awareness. She's just, and like, I think Nick talked about this on his podcast that she is, Definitely got the edit of being like really into Gary and Gary not being into her yes. at all. And then surprise, like not only is Teresa not dumb, she's incredibly successful. Very she, capable. She's very sweet. She's very fun. Like there's so many great things about her that again, it just, we never saw any of that. So it's also unfortunate, like. I hate when the show does this because, like, I want to root for the people at the end. I don't even care if I wasn't rooting for them the whole time. Give me a reason to. And I did not get that until, like, this moment. And it was too little. Like, it wasn't too little too late. They gave it to me. But, like, they could have done more. Yeah. So they go to the fantasy suite. And then the next morning, it is, like, click. Like, Gary is a new Gary around Teresa. Oh, yeah. He, it's, like, that date one all over again. Like, she knocked his boots off for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And good for them. Like, 180. I don't know how she did it in a matter of, like, 12 hours, but damn. Like, she hooked that man. And then Gary introduces both of them to his daughters and granddaughters. 
Yeah. And I feel like that also did not help Leslie, weirdly. Okay. My question is, it seems like at this point he's pretty sure that it's definitely Teresa. Why have Leslie meet your kids? Yeah. Like, why? I agree. I I don't even know. I mean, I guess because, right, you can't. I, I suspect and I guess we have to give a little bit of grace to the leads in that they probably do feel like they have to follow the formula of the show and that they can't just like end things too soon. Yeah. There is, at least it feels as though they have almost a contractual obligation to carry this out until the end, which, uh, yeah, that was not great. And like Leslie is very aware And she knew. Oh, my God. As soon as they were sitting on the bench after meeting his family and he's just like, so I got to go. I got to go. Like, see you later. And she's just like blinking at him. Like, oh, my God. The ick in my body. Same. Ah! It really is the (laughs) ick. This is what the ick describes oh is that moment God. where a guy out of nowhere just decides so. to drop you like a hot potato and is such an asshole about it. Like he can't look at her and just is like, no, no, things are fine. Oh, my God. Own your bullshit. Own your bullshit. Hi, Gary. Oh, so Dude. then they have the night portion of the date. Yeah. That was excruciating. So at one point, and this is so this is before he leaves and comes back. So before he leaves and comes back, it's just off. You can tell. I think she's scrambling and she tells him like he's about to leave and she's like, I love you so much or like something like that. And she's looking at him for that. Like, validation, like, tell me you love me. Like, I know you love me. You've told me you love me. I know I'm the one. Like, why are you being so weird? And he just says, like, thank you. That means so much to me or something. And I've got a hard decision. Yeah. And you Uh, can tell right then she knows. She knows. She knows. And he, they're, like, kind of just awkwardly figuring out what to do in this interaction. And he says something to her, like, be happy. Ugh. Yeah, the dancing around this was... Uh, it, it was so terrible. Well, and then he just went outside and sat on the porch and cried. And I'm so glad he got back up and went in there. I am too. Because if he had had her put on that dress and walk down to the beach oh. or wherever it was, the cliffside, like... Where she thought that she'd be getting proposed to. <laughs> Did she say her dress cost $60,000? Yeah, I read some stuff on that. That dress through customizations could end up costing $60,000. And once you reach the final two like that, you are styled by Carrie. I can't remember his name. So like, I think she was just kind of going on about the fact that like, it was, she really, she was so confident that she like picked out the most extravagant gown. Like she was ready for all of that. And I don't, I don't know if the dress actually fully was 60,000. Because I was like, Skirt, what? Um, so yeah, then he finally is honest with her. And it like, she is annihilated. Yeah, that is, I think, 
overall one of my least favorite things about watching this show generally is when that happens to people. Like it is just, and you know, there is something to be said for bearing witness to somebody's pain. And I think that that humanizes us, but it also is just, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot for me. I, I internalize that a lot. <laughs> I will say that I appreciated that she was just very candid with how broken she was feeling and how blindsided she felt. And I feel like a lot of times in these runner-up moments on The Bachelor, like, we don't have the time or the conversation of like actually mm -hmm. being able to know what's in their heart in that moment. And man, Leslie just, she put it out there and she was brutally honest and it was, my heart was so heavy for her, but I'm really appreciative of how honest she was in that moment. Me too. Me too. And it was, man, she did not back down. Either. She did not hold back. No, that was... And I feel like that that is also something that comes with age and confidence. And I like one of the harder things to watch younger people experience this is sort of the the retreating that they do of like maybe if they think that they behave a certain way that there's like a different outcome that can happen. And I she just was like, nope, <laughs> I don't know anybody's yeah. shit. And I am just going to say exactly how I feel. And that was raw. Yeah, she held his feet to the fire. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, it's not enjoyable to watch, but I just was like, of course you're heartbroken. Like, how can you not be? Also, he told you you were the one. You were the one he couldn't live without. He loved you. Like, of course that you felt this way and you're blindsided. Dude, I still can't wrap my head around if Gary just, like, what? Did, just, just got too caught up in being the lead and exploring everything compartmentalized and didn't think that like this would like I don't I don't really understand how he managed to do this. To I don't understand that either. Faith and Leslie like I just can't grasp how he could have and he's saying that he was being honest in those moments but he did mislead them. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't understand. Like, then they need more explanation. I need more explanation about what changed. How did this all flip so suddenly? And how did you go from, yeah, declaring your love and saying you're the one to picking the person you didn't even say I love you back to initially? I do think that – I do think he was being honest when he said those things. Like, I don't think he was lying. My interpretation of this is, is that – in these moments, Gary is able to be selfish and be totally just like thinking of himself and his heart. And he isn't keeping in mind how the outcome of this is going to destroy someone. Like he's just caught up in the moment. Yeah. He's feeling his feels. He's able to like put blinders on and just see that person. And then because, like you said, compartmentalizing, do that with someone else. But I do think that, like, I, like, knowing myself, I would always be thinking about the other people and just be, like, kind of allowing that to dictate the way I interacted with people. And it seems like Gary selfishly is able to just only consider him and maybe that other person in the moment and not consider the other people. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That I buy that. I, I, yeah, otherwise, like, I just have no idea. Like, I'm really shocked. <laughs> it's hard for me to relate to that because 
I'm so not that person. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I can do very little without recognizing the impact that it has on the people around me. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's so hard to relate to and kind of hard to watch. But I I do think he meant what he said in the moments. I just think he was kind of sloppy and he wasn't considering everything at play. Right, like even if you do love somebody, maybe you just don't tell them that because if you know you're not choosing them, then don't set them up to feel that heartbroken by the whole thing. Well, we've talked about this before, but up until like Ben's season of The Bachelor, um, the second Ben, not the first Ben, um, like none of the leads ever said I love you until they proposed. Like, ever. Like, people would tell them, and then they would say, like, thank you, or they would kiss them. But you never heard the lead say, I love you back until they were proposing or getting proposed to. Yeah. So now the show has changed so much to where the point, like, say, it kind of seems like they just say, I love you to the top two or three people, and it's like taboo, but it's more acceptable now. And that's an interesting transition that it's just become like more of a casual thing to say that. Yeah, I that's messy and potentially very hurtful to people. Well, it kind of minimizes the word love. Right. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I'm falling in love with you, but I'm not in love with you yet. Mm-hmm. Some deniability. Yeah, that was... Ugh. That was brutal. Jesus Christ, Gary. Um, <laughs> and then he's engaged. Yeah. Him and Teresa are pretty cute together. They are. And I wish them nothing but the best. Yeah. I want to say there have been some less than um, flattering things. That Golden have been- rumors. <laughs> yeah. Um. Gary, believe it or not, is a, you know, a human being who's had a very messy life. A long and messy life because he's in his 70s. Totes. And yeah, uh, a a previous, he tried to pull the shit of like, well, I don't know what's considered a relationship. Bullshit. As an excuse for like dismissing women and their emotions. Um, And... Grief is messy. Gary has definitely dated women since his wife's passing. Yeah, he hasn't he's probably just been home had, alone. No, yeah, and he's had sex probably more recently than Leslie. That's why he just said it's been a long time. time. <laughs> yeah, by whose standards? Um, Jess and I were talking about this and because these rumors came out, and I was like, there's something about The Bachelor and how they feel like they have to candy coat everything and make people seem like, the most beautiful, perfect versions of themselves and they hesitate to show flaws and talk about ugly truths and like have harder conversations. I feel like The Bachelor is kind of like the Disney version of reality television. Yes, and it does nobody any favors. Because like, of course, all these young kids that come on here are garbage because we all are in our (laughs) early 20s. And, like, Gary has lived a very messy life. And I recognize, too, I guess with the caveat of, like, producers probably tried to really sell this version of this heartbroken widow yeah. who's never had sex with anybody but his wife. And, uh, you know, I get that that happened, but it really is just such a bubble burster than when reality does sink in or, you know, creep into the narrative. And I, 
it could just, the show doesn't do any leads any favors by trying to hide stuff. And I'm not saying you have to air dirty laundry, but it would be even, it would be so much more relatable if Gary was like, you know, I, I tried dating after, was it Tony? After mm-hmm. Tony died, grief made it very difficult. It was hard to figure out what I was even looking for in a relationship while I was grieving my wife and also experiencing extreme loneliness. That makes him more relatable and human. Absolutely. And like, of course, you are going to end up hurting people. And especially when you're having a hard time grieving something, you are just not the best version of yourself. You're not. And I think there's room for grace there, but you have to be willing to admit that and be open about the hurt that you did cause people while you were grieving. Like you don't get to just rush it under the rug, which is what Gary is trying to do. He's being coached to say, well, I don't want to focus on that right now. Well, let's ask Carolyn how she feels about that. (laughs) Yeah. And like in past seasons, exes have come out of the woodwork and, you know, whether it's to, um, whether it's to feel heard for something like some trauma that they went through that's associated with someone on TV or whether it's to like fuck over the person that they're trying to, um, yeah, you know, bring, bring the truth to light or whatever, you know, this has happened before. And are we surprised that it's happening with a man in his 70s who's been single for a while? Like, I'm not. No, not at all. And so, like, don't, yeah, don't sell us some Disney yeah. narrative here when the truth would actually be more compelling anyway. Let it be messy. Life is messy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're that age. Especially when you're that age. Yeah. So I just feel like they kind of did Teresa a disservice. They honestly did Gary a disservice. And Gary didn't do himself a lot of favors. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Gary, to be honest. Like, I, I thought really. that he was a nice guy and he has a sad story. And I feel like he's a good communicator and he seems genuine in a lot of ways. But some of the, just in kind of the careless way he handled these women's hearts, it just, it bummed me out. It made me sad. Yeah, it really bummed me out, too. It like in that light, it's like, oof, I don't ever want to have to date again. That's not fun. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not exactly the biggest fan of uh of Jerry. Um Gary. <laughs> Gary. You know why I'm so confused by this? <laughs> because isn't there like a whole thing in Parks and Rec where it's actually like they call him Jerry, but his real name is Gary or something to that effect. I didn't and like, watch Parks and Rec. Oh, I couldn't get it right for so long. And then I appreciated the women also like literally on the show being like, Gary, Jerry, Gary, it's Gary. I just remember because I decided to sing the Music Man song, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. And that's how I remember. Okay. <laughs> I really just want to say I admire your ability to sing a little tune. You're not tone deaf. Um, I would like to transition into paradise by kind of talking about, um, just the things we liked and disliked about Golden Bachelor versus paradise. I know a lot of people have loved Golden Bachelor and because it's been running at the same time as paradise, I think paradise has kind of taken second place, at least from what I'm hearing overall. Golden Bachelor has been very positively received and Mm -hmm. it's been like a breath of fresh air. The show's doing something different. It's been wholesome and so emotional. 
And, you know, we loved all the women, whereas like it seems like there's been some frustration with Paradise because a lot of weird new cast members that had been eliminated, eliminated on night one. There's been some criticism on like who was on the cast and who wasn't. Um, I would just like to kind of transition into Paradise talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paradise has not been popular this season. Which I liked this season. Me too. So I'm kind of surprised by that. <laughs> I had I had a conversation with Appy over this. He was saying how much he hated Paradise. And I was like, oh, man, like, I don't feel like my take is usually so hot. Like, I'm a pretty basic bitch. I like what Same. most people like. Like, I'm not, not everything. But, like, for stuff like this, I was like, am I really missing something? And I told him that. I'm like, man, you're somebody who, like, I kind of gauge my opinion on. And if, like, I'm not usually so far off the mark from, like, where you're at in these things – his take on this was that it took way too long to pick up steam, that the episodes were too long, not enough was happening immediately. So like the meteor stuff just was sort of, you you were strung along too long. And that I can kind of see. Um, and so that's one opinion that I heard. But yeah, generally I have heard the same critique. And yet I loved this season. I loved this it gave season too. and gave and gave. And I wonder, because you brought that up of the the juxtaposition of the two shows. And if like the problem is Golden Bachelor's so good that while people are watching that and Bachelor in Paradise, the two compared don't work. And I have to wonder, is it because people want like love stories for the ages to come out of these shows? Like <laughs> I mean, you guys, it's reality TV. Like, what do you want? What do you want from Bachelor in Paradise if not the messiness of really attractive people? Well, Paradise is my favorite because it's the most messy. I also feel like it's the most honest, kind of raw, like people are really going for it and we get out of the purity bullshit. We're not dealing with like any one person having two overinflated ego, more or less. Like they'll get in Paradise if anybody has that. It's gone yeah. in a second. And I love that. Nothing like a chair getting kicked out from under you. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I thought it was really great. Um, tragically, no couples made it. Yeah, Not a one. We'll talk about that. But like, I just thought the season was packed. I mean, there, I, I do share some frustration with like, there's, there were some people that came down on the beach that I'm like, who the fuck is this person? And why do I care about them? Taylor? Yeah. Taylor, who thought his name was Tanner when Jess said Tanner. Um, wow, that was a huge ick moment. But Becca also just like coming in there. And then leaving. And then, yeah, just like booking it out of there. Sam. Like, I don't know if we would have cared about Sam if she didn't have the poop story. I thought she was very pretty. But like, I'm just saying, would we remember Sam? I also just want to say this out loud and for women everywhere. It is so hard to look ripped like that as a woman. Yes. <laughs> like Mandy and I are into fitness. We know how to eat well. We know how to exercise. I know how to be lean. But to be that lean and have perpetual abs, even when you have not pooped for 10 she had a days, six pack. that is bananas. And un like, that's that's just, she is a unicorn. That is not how. I would have remembered her for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't ever let that be the standard for you because that is that is a hard body to achieve. But, you know, good work, Sam. <laughs> totally. Way to, way to commit. Um, I, 
I'm happy we got Olivia out of it. I found like Olivia to be such a charming narrator. Olivia um, was a true treasure, and I was really sad Olivia went home night one on Zach's season because she was also really into shoes. And she just is fun and spunky in a way that I think a lot of contestants aren't. They can be very bland and sort of just going along with like, I don't know, everybody's got like the standard beauty routine. And then there's Olivia who is like sassy. Her style's really fun. She's wearing sneakers. Like, Calling it, it what, what it is. is. Yes. Olivia was fantastic this season. I'm trying to think of who else. Well, let's just get into the finale, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. So I'm trying to think of her. Oh, um, okay. Well, so Blake and Jess, uh, Blake left. We already know that. So we're kind of left with Tanner mentioning he's interested in Jess and Jess is still distraught over Blake. And eventually they just have a conversation where she is just sad and it's like, I want to go home. And Tanner's like trying to be like, my best conversations have been with you. And she's like, I just want to go home. Oh, I and don't care. Like, oh God, it was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, Jess. Jess. And she needed to go home. And she needs to grow up. Go home and grow up. You're still cute and sparkly. <laughs> yeah, and will be cute and sparkly for your whole life. But, like, spend some time with yourself and figure out what you want out of things. Like, And stop thinking that everything that you're doing for yourself makes you a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. that's a hard way to live. It is. That's not healthy. Therapy. Talk to Mercedes. She's been in therapy working on herself. Like, come on. You've got women around you, too, that, like, are doing the things that should be done before you enter into a long-term relationship. Yes. Um, glad Jess went. Yep, that needed to happen. Tanner going. Tanner is just such. I really liked him on Charity Season, and I will say he has left me disappointed on the beach. He's such a nothing burger. He has a nothing burger. He has, like, no um, passion or charisma or drive or, like, he's not, like, not saying that the men always have to chase, but I'm like, are you even interested in any of these women? Yeah, he is definitely one of those guys that gives off the vibes of like, he's just there because he wants to hang out with the dudes. And is like, if, you know, women throw themselves at him, that's a bonus. Like he. Which I'm sure they do because he's attractive. Right. But he's that guy that's just dangling a carrot and then giving nothing. Yeah. I like whatever, Tanner. I was very unimpressed. <laughs> Me too. Um, did Brayden shoot his shot in the finale too, or am I mixing up episodes? No, Brayden went home last week. That's right, Rachel. Rachel left. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So um, do okay. I know Kenny and Mari come down. Do Mercedes and Jordan leave before or after the wedding? It doesn't matter. Mercedes and Jordan. Jordan, you know, got his rose from Mercedes. I think it was before the wedding. Okay. Because I also got the vibe that Avon was really bummed that Tyler left and just like instantly started checking out. That's probably so true. Knowing what we know, you guys, you <laughs> probably didn't hear it here first, but. Wait, wait, wait. Can't, we can't go there yet. Okay, Are we can't. We I have hot tea. <laughs> Okay, not yet. Okay. Yeah, Mari and Kenny 
I don't know why we have to do this. It's almost like the show proving like this does work and true love does come out of this show. So we're going to have a wedding. And it kills me when people like Kenny and Mari come down and talk aspirationally about the process working and getting married and don't be so afraid. And it's like, okay, but also like marriage is kind of a big deal. So like, mm. Also, this couldn't be their real wedding, right? Because none of their friends and family was there. It was just the cast, which was crazy to me. They played it off really coyly on Instagram, making it seem like they did, in fact, get married by Jesse and that they had been married for six months before they went to Puerto Rico and got married. Oh, okay. Maybe. But, like, honestly, who knows? It just seemed performative. It didn't really seem like um, Carly and. Evan, I think, got married on Paradise. And oh, their friends and family, like bachelor alumni, like it was an actual wedding well, where I was like, okay, they got married in Paradise. Right, because Blake coming back to be Kenny's best man, that's just because Blake and Kenny have met. <laughs> and then I'm sure because Kylie was like, don't leave. They're like, let's bring Blake back and make a weird thing out of this thing that's not even a thing. Right, Blake coming back and Kylie was like, Blake, Blake is here. <gasps> I'm like, like is here. You're like, why are we doing this? This is so fucking bizarre. It was very bizarre. I don't understand. Okay, so we do the wedding, and then they have like a rave after party, which- Not a rave. It's not a rave, and also that's a weird after party theme. For a wedding, but okay. Um, uh, I had to laugh. At what point did Mari and Kenny talk to Avon It was and like John after Henry, the wedding. But before the- But before the party. So let's now we can get into the Kylie and Avon of it all. Avon. Boo. Dude. Dude. <laughs> fuck, that fuck that guy. I know. It's just gotten worse and worse. I used to like him a lot. Yeah. Like, I was genuinely like, Rachel fucked up. Not anymore. Rachel dodged a bullet. <laughs> um, Avon, kind of like, I hate, I get it. Manny and I talk about it. When you come on the show, like, it shouldn't have to end in an engagement. However, the show does. The show perpetuates the notion that in order for this to be successful, you leave engaged. That's I what it is. I do not understand dudes coming on this show and being like, I'm not going to get engaged. Then don't fucking come on a show where the end is an engagement. Stop. Stop coming on reality TV. Pick a different show. Yeah, there's a lot of reality TV shows that don't involve an engagement where you can also win money. And be hot. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what why we- this show? Yeah, and I hate... That it puts women it in this position. Feel, it makes them look desperate. It does. And like, fuck society for making women feel desperate for wanting something that society says you should want. Yep. That this is the marker of a successful person. Is that like, supposedly for women, the biggest day of your life is the day you get married. And like, that's fucked. That shouldn't be the case. But it is the but case. it is. So don't sit here and then trash women for wanting to have that. Amen. And it made me so mad on her behalf. And like, I'll even give it to Avon. Yeah, it's wild that you would go onto a show and know somebody for a short period of time and get engaged. However, again, that's what we do. Avon, knock it off. But also, it's not like Avon was like eliminated halfway through Gabby and Rachel season. He was he, top three. He was top three. He had the same conversation with Rachel. He's already been faced with this before. So you think if he were like taking this seriously, it's like, do I want to be in that situation again? Like, do I see myself being in a different place in life? I I guess he just thought he was going to go down to Mexico, meet hot Kylie, and, like, hang out with his bros. Yeah, and that 
after Tyler left and he was like annoyed talking to my, to uh, Kenny and Mari. And he's like, why does it always have to be about a stupid ring? Cause that's literally what the show is about, my dude. So like I was annoyed by his bad attitude. And then every time that Kylie tried to bring it up, he just was getting huffy and refused to give her any sort of like acknowledgement that might ease her fears or concerns. And spoiler, she had every right to be concerned. Yeah. And I mean, in fairness, good that she dodged a bullet, but like, I hate that it makes her look crazy or not, excuse me, not crazy, but look like, yeah, desperate. Um, It was also hard for me because like when she would be talking with Mercedes or Kat about it, like she would be coming from this place of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk away and not stick to my guns. Like I'm going to walk into this and I'm going to leave with or with or without what I wanted and I'm not going to give desperate like she had this strength when she's having these conversations about like this is not the position I want to be in but I'm not going to compromise this is really important to me and then she compromised and I don't know as much as I hate the engagement part too it my for my frustration was more so that she left being the one doing all of the compromising and I felt like she really kind of like lost a part of herself that she was like trying to cling on to. Yeah, that always kills me. I, yeah, I hated that. I really hated that. I hate the position that men have all the power. Yes, that, women are always compromising for the men. Yeah, and then men are in charge. Men are making the decisions. Follow the man. And then also this weird idea that like, what is wrong with these guys not wanting to get married? I mean- Granted, I think actually there are lots of reasons for not wanting to, but I have yet to hear them articulate a single one, like not one. What I gather from them is that they just want to be fuckboys. And fine, do that. Pick a different show. Stop leading these women on. Do something different. Go be a fuckboy on your own time. Well, because Kylie's reasoning was you're the one. So if it's not now, like when is it going to be? And he didn't really have any responses that – were adequate in response to her reasoning for wanting to get engaged. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And just the way that he talked to her felt really, I didn't like it. Yeah. He was downplaying her emotions for sure. So they leave together, not engaged. Kylie looks sad. He's reassuring her that he's going to do everything in his power to preserve their relationship and it's going to work out. And then you guys, this episode ends, they don't post anything after, which is weird because if you're, and you know, the show had said they're a couple together, it paid off. 24 hours or so passes, they post professional photos of themselves. They are happy. Then less than 24 hours later, again, Kylie posts that Avon has been unfaithful and- Multiple infidelities. Multiple infidelities. And- Thank God she found out when she found out. And then the next day, Avon posts and is just like, oh, I'm having a really hard time. Way to make it about you, buddy. And what a piece of shit. So like clearly Avon just wants his cake. I think sometimes these guys go on here and I'm not saying that the women don't have a a, 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 a version of this, but it is this seems to be particular to men. They get really big heads about themselves. They well, yeah, and then they go to all of these like fan events where women think they're hot, and they you know these bar meetups, and it's just like yeah. If I had to guess, I would say they are probably sleeping around a lot. So 
you know, uh, it's it's sad that Kylie didn't get engaged like she wanted to, but also it's, I guess, thank goodness. Yeah, and the thing that I want to point out is like, honestly, it's not like these guys have to pay for the engagement ring. You just give it back. So even then breaking off an engagement while, yes, not ideal and perhaps embarrassing, so is life. Um, It's not like, why? Why not just get engaged? And then if it doesn't work out, give the ring back. Like, it's not even a hard thing. <laughs> but they didn't do it. So poor Kylie. She was such a hot commodity on this beach, too. Like, every guy, I swear, that came into down Kylie. was, like, into Kylie. Yeah. She'll, she had, like, I, I said this before, but I think it was Amanda on Nick's podcast that was, like, she has, like, head cheerleader energy where she just kind of, like, knows that everyone's into her. Yeah. I was, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's got the guy she's going steady with. Like, yeah, she's like, got her boo. Yeah, she's got her quarterback. She's now looking around. Ugh. That was tragic. That just really bummed me out to have that all play out that way. Yeah, and then we have a couple, like, smaller couple. I'm saying smaller just in the fact that, like, couples that are like, are they going to make it? No. Dude, can we talk about Peter and Sam? Sam? Yeah, let's talk about Pete and Sam and then Michael and Olivia. Love it. I was shocked that I felt bad for Peter. I was like, oh, he he was like actually into this. He was. I I and will she's say she's just like, no, not for me. I'm not surprised. That was her response. I'm more surprised that Peter was like, I can see this me too. going somewhere. Like I can see a future with you outside of this. I would love to like try a night at the fantasy suites. And she's just like, no, we should end this now. <laughs> Brutal. I admire her for that honesty though, that she was just like, nope not even going to dick around with this any longer. And like, I don't know. Peter really surprised me that like, I really got the vibe that like neither one of them were into it. But like, if you could tolerate each other and have fun, like yeah, why just not just on the hang beach with your friends? I get that. Have the security of a rose if you're not like super into someone else. Yeah. And they were both, I think, a lot closer in age than everybody else because they were in their like mid thirties, whereas everybody else is still like mid to late twenties. So yeah. like, yeah, that really just kind of shocked me. A little sad for Peter. Wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, him talking about how he went to 12 weddings last summer and he wants one of them to be his. Aww. Like I I don't love Peter as a character, but um I do think there's there is a thing where maybe in some of these relationships like we just talked about because they're so secure with each other, there's a lack of conversation around like where do we see this going? And they're kind of like one person's writing it out while the other person's just like silently invested. Yep. So I think that's what happened. Yep. I think so too. And then Michael and Olivia. Okay. As much as I love Olivia, my girl, I think, I think Olivia is a pick me girl. I think she tends to kind of like fall hard for whoever just like is in front of her at the right time. I still really love her and I think she's so smart and witty and authentic, but I think she has a little maturing to do. Yeah. And it just bummed me that me out that she was so just like willing to go the step next step with Michael when they had had such little time together and put herself in a position to be rejected like that. I know. And that was kind of, they were talking and he was in the middle of saying something kind of nice and she like jumped in there and gave him this really big kiss. And I was like, whew. That wasn't the vibe of that moment 
I think you misread that a little bit. And then, so like, I kind of knew from that moment forward, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she's like picking up on things like signs that she needs to be picking up on. Um, and not saying that you have to read between the lines, but maybe just like ask more questions. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think that, ooh, hit my headphones. Um, I think that that is always one of the things that bums me out about this show is it's like, man, all these problems could be solved if you guys just would like fucking talk. Yeah. Good communication goes a long way. I mean, I know that you maybe only know this person for like a week or two weeks. And so it feels like, uh, it's kind of crazy that I'd be asking this person this thing. But if you're like going to get to this point on the show where it's like, oh, we're going to go to the fantasy suites and decide if we like see a life outside of this together, then I feel like this is so accelerated. You need to be more comfortable having conversations earlier on. Yeah, I find that that is always such a weird space of tension that these contestants exist in, especially with Bachelor in Paradise. It's like, you guys, the premise of the show is in fact to meet someone and get engaged by the end of it. Why are we pretending and trying to play it cool and coy and chill that like, no, have the hard conversations. Like, just get it out in the open now. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah, why would you not ask these questions? It's weird to me. And then, yeah, to suddenly be faced with an even bigger decision and be blindsided by the other person's response. Uh, yeah. And, like, it's hard to watch. I always appreciate when people are honest before going to fantasy suites, like props for just laying it out there now, but also where was this conversation like three days ago? (laughs) You know what's coming. Yeah. So people dropped like flies. Yeah. So we wound up with John Henry and Kat. Eliza and Aaron. And that's it. That was who was left. Yeah. And I don't feel like… I don't know. Was there anything about any of those dates that were notable to you? Well, I think Kat and John Henry, like she opened a lot of, she opened up a lot about her past and like her family background and how she like left home when she was 17 and moved into a group home. And as much as Kat has been controversial and problematic this season, like hearing this humanized her so much and kind of like, made her more relatable and it was so refreshing to hear her be vulnerable. And then I felt like the way that John Henry accepted it was just really beautiful. Uh, I really got to hand it to John Henry for seeing people in front of him. Yeah. Like that really was a very tender moment and I appreciate it. And the way he, instead of just saying how beautiful that she was, like saying my favorite things about you are the fact that you're always the first one to be there for your friends when they need you. Like, I just, I thought in a way he really saw her um, in a very unique, special way. And I was like, okay, he really does care about her. It's not just about like chemistry, infatuation, and good makeouts. Um, well, yeah. And then him complimenting her dancing. Oh my gosh, when he said these heart glasses are my real, real eyes. eyes. Oh, so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I loved that. That was adorable. Um, and so as much as I was. <laughs> As much as I was like, they cannot get engaged last week, I will say I was kind of like backpedaling a little bit and being like, damn, they're cute. I think that they really like each other for really good reasons. I still don't know if they should get engaged, but I was kind of like more of a cheerleader this week for them than I was last week. Oh, for sure. I, watching them stand there, her in her beautiful brown dress and him standing there, man, 
everybody is always so sweaty. So sweaty. And like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I am that person who gets sweaty when I get nervous hugely. And then you add humidity into that. Like, I don't know how all of these people stand there looking so composed the way that they do. I mean, I, my, my face would be bright red. Yes. I mean, I would be like having to put on a sweatband on my forehead and my arms to just like like prevent sweat from getting everywhere. Yeah. Like I just carry around with little hand fans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is so hot and so uncomfortable. And just watching him sweat. I was like, oh, every season it's so hot and uncomfortable down there. Um, So they get engaged. They get engaged. And about an hour before you came over today, the news broke that uh, they are not together no anymore. They said that their career goals didn't align. She's a nurse, yeah? I don't remember what she, she does. She worked for, she was the one who, for, for. Oh yeah, there's a lot of nurses on Zach season. There are a lot of nurses. She was the one who was really big into SPF, I thought. She oh, I think a she's dermatolog- a dermatologist nurse. Yeah, and so, and he does underwater welding. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how those things don't mesh, but. Maybe that was just a much more politically, um, cor- not correct way, but more a more a, a more PR friendly way of ending a relationship than saying Mandy was right. These two people have nothing in common. This is not going to work. And when they got engaged, I was like, maybe I do want them to work. Like maybe they, it'd be like so cool if they surprised me. You know, maybe they are the opposites attract and they complement each other in the right ways. Uh, but. So after the show ended, I went on their Instagrams and I was like, why are they not posting any pictures of each other? And that was kind of like a red flag to me. That was a red flag. They had posted images in their stories. Oh, okay. I didn't immediately see. after. But that's still a weird move because typically the correct move is you make a timeline post of ridiculous pictures of yourself from the last like three months because you yeah. had to have a really secret relationship. And so then you get to dump all of that. Yeah. And show how happy you are and troll la Dude, we never got to talk about this because we didn't cover Clayton's season. Clayton ending up with Susie. Weird. But one of the videos that they posted because Susie was into like MMA oh, or oh. something like martial arts she posted jujitsu. Yes, jujitsu. Jitsu. Okay. She posted in like a, a like a, a reel of mini photos. Her straddling a shirtless Clayton, choking him, <laughs> and it was epic. <laughs> I remember like that image flashing before my eyes and having to watch like five times until my thumb could hit pause on the right time. So, like, I am expecting that, yeah, level of, like, I want to see your guys' absurdity. And there was none of that. So, yeah, that, I think, I really wanted them to work. (laughs) I mean, they sold it. Like, I was really, like, I was super critical. And in the end, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm rooting for it now. (laughs) Oh, no. You (laughs) are right. I will say, I think John Henry is probably one of the most attractive men who has been on the the Bachelor. I don't know if he's maybe like the most charismatic or, you know, well-spoken, but damn, I could look at that man for a while. But I think that almost adds to his attractiveness because he seems like a normal, cool dude that you would like spend time with in the real world. And then, you know, there's the folklore of like, what did he do with that vibrating tongue piercing? (laughs) 
Also, uh, I have like a huge crush on his tattoo. I, I, I find, I don't know, I can't stop staring at his tattoo. It's so cool. No, men with tattoos are hot. And especially like well done tattoos. Um, Yeah, just wow. He's just a mysterious underwater man with a vibrating tongue ring. He's the one who also saw like one movie in his whole life. <gasps> I forgot about that. You are welcome. What is the movie? I'll message him. Maybe we can we get have him to, to come on the podcast. <gasps> I would love that. Okay, I'm on it. Okay. Um. So then the last couple we're going to cover is Aaron and Eliza, which um, they also broke up. Yep. Well, they have not put out an official okay. statement yet. Not official, sorry. But the show did say, yeah, they're broken up. I mean, basically, the show did say at the end that they are experiencing some turmoil and then the biggest red flag with everybody else is there is literally no photos or inter- like there's not even any mention of the show on their pages. And like you guys, these I, you have to monetize that. Like if you are successful coming out of the show, you are absolutely sharing that. In part, yeah. I think there's like contractual things. Like you really do have to sell this. And the fact that they're not, they're, they're, they never felt long for this world as a couple anyway. When he was like so dead set on getting engaged and she was so unsure and she was like, I only want to do this once. Like, I don't, and I don't know. I was just like, don't do it. And I don't think you're ever like a hundred percent sure in those moments, but like you should be more sure than she was. Yeah. She also, she was the one last year who, when Aaron and Genevieve were fighting, she was like really romanticizing that toxicity of like, oh, you know, they really love each other when they're screaming like that. And I was like, whoop, nope, red flag. Um, please go to therapy. So I don't, I mean, and not to say that somebody can't change in a year, you absolutely can, but it just feels like that's another instance of like, maybe you just need more time to yourself and to figure out what you want. And like, I don't know. It didn't, yeah. She felt too unsure. She felt very gun shy after everything happened last year, which is like another yeah. reason not to rush don't, anything. Yeah. In their steam room date, oh, there yeah. was a moment at dinner where Aaron was like, I am totally in love with you. Like, I see you as my future. And her response to it is something like, I'm falling for you too. And you can totally see in Aaron's face that it's not what he expected her to say. Like falling for you and so in love are very different. Right. And this isn't The Bachelor. You don't need to like play it coy. You guys are just dating each other. You can say you love each other whenever you feel like it. And the fact that she didn't, yeah, was not great. So then she says it the morning after their overnight. Um, she's still saying she's unsure about the engagement. He says that like, he's definitely going to propose la la la. (laughs) And so as she's walking down, she's like, I'm still not sure. I'm going to just wait and see how I feel. And I'm like, oh my God, like, ah, but also I have to point out how manipulative that is on Aaron's part. Yeah. And I've been thinking about her in that position. Like if you know, the person that you want to be with doesn't feel that way, proposing in a public space to ensure a yes is not a good move. Mm-mm. Like, what was she supposed to say in that moment? You know, like, I don't feel like that set her up to be able to really speak her truth. She should have. If she really wanted to say no, she should have said no. She shouldn't have gone down. I don't know. I'm not saying that it's all on her, but just from this perspective of, like, looking at what Aaron was doing with the information he had, like, dude, 
dirtbag move. Just leave together. Yeah, then don't get engaged. So So he calls her mom. That makes her emotional. Ugh. Uh, She says, yes. Something that that I did know that bothered me was when Aaron was proposing to her, the only things he said about why he was in love with her were about her being beautiful. It was like, you're beautiful. You have a beautiful smile. Uh, like women are more oh, than it, how we it was, look. It was like your you have your skin, mm-hmm. you're beautiful, and your smile. And I was like, you said nothing of substance. Not a thing. Yeah, that was. There's so many perpetual red flags. Like every time I think, like, oh, maybe Aaron's not. I'm just reminded, like, oh, right, yep, mm, nope, not it. <laughs> like, man, we've tried, but it is. You're not giving us anything to go off. <laughs> No, at every turn, this guy is not getting it right. Like, buddy, stop coming on this show. I'm done with you. Please go sort your shit out. Go talk to your girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a. I guess there were no success stories this season. Well, Brayden is dating Christina. Toxic Christina from Zach's season. So who knows? Maybe they'll (laughs) have an everlasting love. It that is a weird combination to me. Listen, and I know we really sang Braden's praises last episode, yeah. and I maintain that he had a really good run. He really turned his reputation around. I feel like he, you know, he spoke to key things. The Christina thing is not a good look. No, she's not a, fan. Not a nice person. Mm-hmm. I well, I mean, I don't. She seems like not a nice person. And also, like Braden, you're really gonna step in and be a stepfather, like. I just don't see that level of maturity from that guy right now. And I worry anytime you have a kid involved, Brayden, you better be like, you, mm, 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 I don't know. Wishing them the best. Yeah. Again, like we, I, and I think you feel this way. Like I never want any of these couples to fail. I'm never like, uh, no. It's like, yeah, if this is your jam, then like, let's go for it. Let's, I, I want people to be happy. But sometimes when you have space and you can look at things, you're just like, I, this is, this is not it, but good luck. I was secretly hoping that like Brayden and Rachel would have just fallen in love after the oh, show. Me too. <laughs> I really like wanted they, that reconnection, they, the rekindling. Come on, yeah, you do. They would have rekindled their pinata love for each other and just been painting each other's bodies ever since. Rachel being so stunningly beautiful, covered in finger paint, will probably live rent-free in my head for yeah. the rest of my life. That's, that's a hard look to pull off. Like, damn. I just, I, yeah, I just can't get it out of my head. Anyway. Brayden. Brayden. That's the only relationship right now out of. Yeah. It was just like a major crash and burn for everybody else. Still well, fun, was, though. You guys, I, I love the season. I don't this know. This is what you want out of a Bachelor in Paradise season because we have seen the seasons where everybody couples off and it's just not exciting. Not and fun this, to watch. I do feel like for all of the tension, the, like the, the, the back and forth of like, oh, she's homie hopping or, you know, whatever. That is what you were supposed to do on this show. And I feel like this Shoot your cast, shot. Shoot your shot. And this cast did that. They delivered. Even if the casting itself wasn't the best because of too many first night send homes coming in, they really all did embrace the process in a way that like I could not ask for more. Same. I liked it. 
Yeah. It's going to be for me. They do another season of Golden Bachelorette. Um, I just hope that they stagger it differently. I just think the fact that they were going at the same time. Yeah, the shows are two very different vibes. Yeah. You can't have any version of the main show running alongside Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor yeah. in Paradise just gets us through the off season. Yeah. Until we get to the Bachelorette and Bachelor run. Um, speaking of, so Jess and I have talked about our next steps. Mm, I'm so excited. <laughs> you guys, we're excited. Okay, so um, this is kind of what we're thinking. We're going to take a little bit of a break um, just because the next season of The Bachelor starts January 24th. Yeah, sometime the second to last week of January. Um, so Joey's season starts late January. Um, so we'll probably start an episode before that to talk about like the women on his season and pick, um, well, we won't pick our top four then, but like, you know, start strategizing and learning about the women. Um, and then probably the week before that, Rachel, um, aka Raquel from Vanderpump Rules is releasing her podcast, Rachel Goes Rogue, and where she plans on promising to tell her side of the story. So we'd love to do a little um, recap on just what we hear from Rachel and then get into The Bachelor. And then Vanderpump starts January 30th. Yeah. And so we are thinking we'll cover both The Bachelor and Vanderpump rules, similar to the way that we've covered Great British Bake Off and Bachelor in Paradise slash a little bit of Golden Bachelor. Yeah. So we'll, it'll be a two for each episode. And we're very excited about both shows, so it should be a blast. Yeah, I'm pumped. I am ready for even more mess. I'm excited for Joey's season. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, and we might do like a couple filler episodes if we feel inspired. But yeah. Talking with you. Yeah. The microphone in front of my face, always one of my favorite things. So if we do manage to get together and want to shoot the shit on a certain topic, I'd love that. But. Otherwise, um, it would be kind of nice to have a minute to have one less thing in the schedule week to week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's our plan, guys. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. If you have been on our Great British Bake Off and slash Paradise slash Golden Bachelor journey, this has been a fun twist. And we really appreciate anyone who has listened and been a part of it. Yeah, we, we are very grateful for every listener we have. So thank you. And we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumbaugh. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Thank you.